He is so good. I need you to do something with me this morning, okay? One person's going to go with me. The rest of you are going to become very bored over the next 30 minutes. Um, to go where we need to go this morning, I need you to let your walls down. I need you, can you just take your right hand and run it over your shoulder and then do the opposite? Everything you carried in here, everything you carried in here that would separate you from the Word of God this morning, every worry, every concern, every anger, every frustration, everything that you brought in with you this morning that would get in your way from receiving the word from the Lord this morning, let it go right now. Just shake it off. Purpose in your heart right now to come before him with a heart wide open to hear him because he has somewhere to take you this morning. Somewhere to take you this morning. Can you stand up? We're going to get into the word. Now just shake those hands again. Just wipe your forehead. We are, we are letting go of those thoughts. We're letting go of those things, those frustrations. Everything is coming off right now. Everything is just all of it. We're leaving it. It's at your feet right now. It's done. It's done. Now we're going to step into the word with our hearts wide open. Are you ready? Let's just, let's just go. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken from her. Now we're going to skip to a second portion, just a little further in the scriptures. And when she, Martha, had said these things, She went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard, she arose quickly and came to him. And the final passage of scripture, which is the one that we're going from today. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Oh, Father. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you so much, Father, for your words. We thank you, Father, for the way that they lead us. I thank you, Father, that every time we step into your word, Father, you take us on a journey. And that journey will lead us to you every single time. 
Father, today I pray that we take that journey together. Father, as we step into your word today, I pray, Father, that we come toward you, Father, wholehearted, walls down, Father, vulnerable before you today, God. I pray, Father, that an offering be birthed in the hearts of your people, Father. I thank you, Lord, that you're getting ready to bring clarity in some lives, Father. You are getting ready to help some people make some choices. I thank you, Father, that you will be sovereign today. You will reign today. Father, I pray that all that is of me would fall and be forgotten. But everything that is from you, God, I pray that the seed goes so deep, God, that they cannot escape it. It will begin to produce fruit in their lives. In Jesus' name, and they said, amen. You all agreed to something that is just so profound that God's word would begin to produce something in your life. And it does, and it will. He's so good that way. There's a, a um, scene in Alice, of Wonder, in Alice in Wonderland. And in that scene, Alice is lost for all reasonable purposes. She is lost and she comes to a fork in the road. And when she comes to that fork in the road, she stops and, and she looks in, up and she sees the Cheshire cat. And, and she asks the Cheshire cat, which path should I choose? And the Cheshire cat asks her, where do you want to go? And she says, I don't know. And he said, then it doesn't matter. If you don't know where you want to go, if you don't know where the destination is, how are you going to know what path to take? The choices, the decisions that we make in our life have to be based on something. They have to be something that draws us uh, toward that desired destination. And I just wonder today, do you have that in him? Do you have somewhere that you want to go with Christ? Do you have somewhere purposed in your heart? Do you have something out there that you are reaching for, that you are moving toward, that your decisions, the daily decisions that you are making in your life, are they moving you toward that goal or are they moving you away from it? Because every single day we make decisions that are either consistent with what we say is our desired destination or inconsistent with what we say is our desired destination. And I just wonder today, do you even know what the destination might be for you in Him? Where do you want to go with Him? Where do you want to go in the Spirit? How do you want to feel about Him? How do you want to serve Him? If you could paint the picture and you could be one year from now in that place with Him that you've always longed to be, what would that look like? What would that, what would that be? Do you even have an image? Mine is just, I want to get as close to Him as I possibly can. I want to be able to Know that he hears me when I pray. I want to be able to move into his presence without having to repent for 500 sins. <laughs> I want to be able to just move easily into his presence. There's this thing that I do in my walk with him 
that I would encourage you in yours with him. There's this saying that I have on the inside of me, this challenge that I have anytime the Lord is going to send me somewhere, anytime he's going to allow me to sit and, and, and counsel with someone in my office or just share with someone, the thing that I carry in my spirit is from his feet to his feet. Let everything that I bring into this situation, everything that I minister, everything that I pour out, God, let it come from a place of learning at your feet. Let it come, Father God, not from what I have to give them, but from what I've gained from you that can actually be poured out them, out over them and be of benefit to them. And Father, after I have given them everything that I have gained at your feet, then Father, I pray that, that my heart's desire would be to return to your feet so that I can learn some more, so that I can grow some more. And see, that's the desire of my heart. This picture of Mary has just, it is one of those things in my life that has been transformative. It has just been this image that uh, of the way that she brought her offering to him, the way she loved him, has been something I've not been able to get rid of. And God has used it in my life. It has been a, a place, it has been an Ebenezer for me. It has been a place that God has met me um, to the point several years ago, several years ago, I just got, I got complacent. I know none of you have ever gotten complacent in your walk with God. And I got, became ambivalent about things. I lost my passion for him. And when I did that, I lost sight of the destination. I lost sight of where I needed to go and I just began to wonder and I began to struggle. And, and this was one of the passages of scripture that God took me back to because it was just so powerful. And, and I wanted that passion back for him. See, sometimes we become so accustomed to just being a Christian, just coming to church, just, you know, we'll be there Sunday that we lose sight of that passion that he has for us, that place of purpose to walk in. Do any of you miss him? Do any of you just miss him? Do you ever just go, oh God, do you have this thing in you where you go, oh, I remember when. I remember when God and I, oh my goodness, the services we used to be in. Oh my goodness, the way he used to meet with me in our prayer times. Oh, he used to open up his word to me. And this place in you that longs for those days. Where did they go? Where did they go? He hasn't moved. He hasn't changed. We had babies. We had grandchildren. We had jobs. We took on responsibilities and we began to serve. And somewhere along the way, we, we lose sight of the one thing that, that Mary found. The one thing Jesus said that was needed. And I just wonder... Can God awaken that one thing in you today? This passage of Scripture, the Lord drew me back to it, and I did what I always do. I just began to pray, God, open this up to me. And, and okay, I just have a question for you guys. Does anybody else in here dream about biblical characters? One. I had one in first service. Two, three. Young people. See, I should be over here on this side. We're so much alike. Um, Yeah, I'm still angry with the kid who came running over going, he said to find an old person. <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> 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 
God is so good, and I'm so... Where, exactly. Where was I going? But he brought me back to this, and, he, and I began to study it out, and I began to just live in that scripture for a little while. Do you know that when you begin to live in a scripture that it begin, begins to take on flesh for you? It begins to take on breath for you, and, and God did what he normally does with me. I had this dream. I am a dreamer. I admit it. It's what I do. It's the way God speaks to me, probably because I don't listen during the day. So... At night when I'm asleep, he's going, here, let's minister to her this way. And this is the third time I've found myself standing on the side of a dusty street in Jerusalem. I am on mission trips that you guys do not know about. And uh, mine are much cheaper. (laughs) Anyway. And there are no bugs in my dreams. (sighs) Can I get a hallelujah, Kevin? But I'm standing on the side of the road with this woman, and there's well, she's standing right here to my left, and everybody's craning, looking to the left, and she's trying to break through. She's trying to push through these people, and there are these Roman guards, and every time she starts to try and push through, they shove her back. They shove her back through the line, and, and I'm, she's just, I mean, she's crying, and, and she's fighting to get to him, and, and then finally she just stands there in her resolve with the tears washing down her face, and, this, and I'm thinking, who is this woman? And this breeze blows through my dream, and when this breeze blows through my dream, her hair moves, and when her hair moves, this fragrance hits me, just this this just deep, rich perfume just hits me and everything woke up. I knew exactly who this woman was because in that moment, what I saw, I could see this room and I could see, not this room, I could see that room. I could see a room and Jesus was in this room and he was sitting at a table and his shoulders were a little bit bent forward and he was dusty and he was tired and he was carrying something in his spirit. There was a weight on him. There was something so heavy. And then I watched her come from the left-hand side of the room, carrying this jar, and I could see all of these men and these people. Well, it was men, but they were looking at her like, what is she doing in this room? And as she carried it, the tears just rolled down her face, and she carried this. And about that time, I heard the jar break. And then I, and I could hear her sobbing, and, and something in me, I just... I could feel what she felt, this praise, this offering that she was offering to him, the way that she poured it out. It was so rich. It was so strong. It was like, it was, she, she, it was as if she had gone, God, what is the thing that I have is, that is of the most value? What can I possibly bring to you? And that is what she brought. And she broke it and she poured it out over his feet. And the room was filled with the fragrance. Just filled with that fragrance. And as I stood behind her on that dirt road, I can remember feeling so jealous. So jealous. Good or bad. I was like, God, I want to love you like that. God, I want to love you like that. I want to ache in my soul. I want to ache in my spirit for the things that hurt you, for the things that are against you, God. I want to love you like that. It was just, it was beyond anything. I thought I loved him. I've served him for years. I thought I loved him, but standing there, I thought, oh God, I don't even come anywhere close to that kind of love. 
And so I just began to go, God, how did she get there? How did she get there? How did she fall that in love with you? How did she come to the point that she would risk it all for you? As she stood there in that crowd with them pushing her back, I could hear her saying, but if you knew him, if you knew him, you wouldn't do this. If you just knew him, you would not do this. I woke up in that song that she was singing. It wasn't a, a, a melody, but it was those words. They just resonated in me. If you only knew him. And they became a challenge to me. They, became just, they were rolling around, and so I did another thing that I do a lot. I just went and I started to write this song. Is, is the keyboard on, Michael? I sat down at the piano and I was thinking about the way she cried and the way she called. And I was thinking about how hard she was pressing, trying to get through that crowd. And I could hear her and her song just went. If you only knew him. If you I want to, to love you like that. How do I get there? And the Lord just began to minister. And he took me to that moment, that moment when Mary stood in the kitchen, when she was standing with Martha, and there was something that was expected from her. There was something that she was supposed to do. It was the safe thing. It was the known thing. It was the traditional thing. And she could have stayed there in that kitchen, and she could have done what was expected of her to do, but there was something that made her move, and the thing that made her move was the sound of his voice. And I can just see that. I can just see that. I mean, because when, you're, when you've got a party planned and you've been cooking all day and, and Lori Stilger can testify, this woman can do all of this blindfolded. And, but they just, you work all day to prepare. And, and, and according to scripture, they had prepared for this dinner. They had prepared for this feast. How many of you know that the only person who doesn't have fun at a party is the person giving the party. Lori, amen. <laughs> it is work for you guys to have fun. It is work. You prepare and you prepare. 
But see, I can just see this. They're both sweaty. The stove is hot. The fire's been going all day. And they've got everything prepared. And all they're waiting for is the people. And then so the people start coming in. Lazarus starts coming in with his buddies. She can hear them talking in the other room. And, she, you know, they're just doing what they do. And, and Mary and Martha are doing what they do. I mean, the guys are talking about what the latest camo style is. And, you know, which fishing lure do you use? And, you know, what sandals do you like best? And it's biblical days. <laughs> and they're in there, and then she hears this voice. She hears this voice. She hears this voice. And everything in her stands at attention. Everything in her is drawn. Because it doesn't even matter what he said. <laughs> it's just that voice. See, Scripture tells us that Martha went and said, you know, she has left me to serve alone. Well, if she left her, that means she was once with her. That means that there was a decision that was made at some point for Mary to go over here and sit at the feet of Jesus. See, in his voice, there's just something about his voice. There's something about his voice when he speaks to us in our innermost being. There's something about his voice when he speaks to us through his word. I can just imagine. I just, I just cannot even imagine. Can you imagine your name on his lips? Can you even imagine? God is so, so good. And, I, and I'm thinking, scripture tells us that the, it, that. Never a man spake like this man. Never a man spake like this man. It also tells us that his disciples said, where would we go? You alone have the words of life. And it tells us that as the, the men walked with him and didn't know who he was, after he had stepped away from them, the men looked at each other and said, did our hearts not burn with it in us as we talked with him? Understand that there is something that happens when you come in contact with his words. There is something that happens on the inside of us with his words. Other people's words do not have the same power and the impact that his words have. And his words drew her to the point that she left that and pursued him. And that one choice set her up. That one choice to become a student, to be, become a lover of his word, that one choice, I, I just believe it flipped her life. It transformed her life. I decided, I decided when the Lord began to open this up to me, I decided that my destination, the place that I wanted to go with him, that I was not at yet. The place that I wanted to go with him that I could see out there was the place that she had. That place to learn from him, to love him like crazy and to respond. The second passage of scripture that we read said that Martha said, the teacher is calling for you. And she immediately got up and went to him. My desired destination then and now is to go when he calls. My desired destination is to sit at his feet and to learn from him. And my ultimate desired destination for my life is that one day, that every day, I could pour something out to him that matters. That I could offer him something that, you know, we spend so much time offering him things that do not cost us anything. 
I believe when she decided to bring the offering, it wasn't that one moment she went, oh, oh, wait, Jesus is here. Um, what, what can I go and give to him? Oh, wait, what have I got? What, you know? And then she runs and she gets the jar and, and takes it. No! See, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. We, we come to this place and we're like, oh, I, I, I don't, I don't, well, uh, I can worship. I can, we don't give our offering any thought. Again, guys, I'm not talking about money unless God's talking to you about money. But we don't give it any thought. And, and as, I, as I pondered this, I thought, you know what? I can see Mary going, he's going to be here tonight. We're, we're doing this. He's going to be here tonight. And uh, oh God, he has done everything for me. He has changed everything about my life. He has given me everything. He treats me like a real person. He teaches me when society says I cannot be taught. He allows me to come to his feet when they say that only the men can do that. He has done everything. He's opened every door. He's shattered every concept that I ever had about myself. What can I bring him? What can I bring him? I feel like that all of the time. What can I bring him? What can I give him? And I believe she searched. And I believe she just waited. And, and she carried it in her heart. And then there was this perfume. There was this perfume in this alabaster jar that she had. And it was the costliest thing that she had. They said it would have cost a year's wages. A year's wages for this. How many of us want perfume, but we don't want to put in the year to work to bring the perfume? I believe when she brought that to him, when she brought it to him, I'm going to need a praise team in just a second. When she brought that to him, I believe it symbolized everything that he had done that she could not put into words, that she couldn't go, oh, Jesus, if I could make a list of the things that you've done for me. The things you saved me from, the things that I am that I wasn't back then. The way you forgave me, the way that you never looked at me like they did. All of these things, there would be a million things on the list if I were to go, God, I want to tell you what you've done for me. There would be so much. I could never bring it. The blessings that he's brought into my life, my husband, my children, this body of believers, the health that I've walked in, the things that God has done that we say take so for granted. And I believe when she picked up that jar that night, she picked it up with purpose. And I believe as she walked to him, I know that the tears had to fall because she was a girl. I think, I, I, or Alan. <laughs> oh, I love you, Alan. You know that. Oh, but I believe that jar in her hands. It held it all. And I believe when she broke it and she poured it over his feet, that was her song to him. I believe when she broke it and she poured it out over his feet, it, was, it said everything that she couldn't say. I believe the perfume was her song. I believe the alabaster shattered before him was her heart broken and open and tender. It, 
all of it she poured out at his feet. And you know what? The word says that the room was filled with the fragrance. Can I tell you something? When I look at that room, I'm so glad that they got blessed. I'm so glad they got blessed. But I do not want my experience with God to be a residual of somebody else's offering. I want my experience with God to be because I poured something out on him that showed him how much I loved him. See, stop. What I mean, it's a privilege we get to share in other people's offering, but don't you want to be the one to break the jar? Don't you want to be the one to pour it out? Can I tell you, Mary's experience in that room was completely different from everybody else's in that room because her offering did not cost them anything. I don't want to offer him something that has cost me nothing. He's too pricey. (laughs) He's too extravagant. He's too good to me for me to offer him small things. I want to go there. I want to go there. I want to live my life at his feet. I want to live my life at his feet learning from him falling deeper and deeper and deeper in love with Him. What about you? Where do you want to go with Him? Mary made one choice. She made one choice. And the choice was to go after His words. To go after this man who spoke like no other man. To position herself at His feet. To learn from Him. To love Him. And it set her in a place. It set her in a position where she would be in the right place at the right time. And she would anoint the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for his completion of his mission on this planet. She didn't know that was what she did, but he knew. And I ask you today. When was the last time you went to his feet? When was the last time you poured something out over him that mattered to you? Today you get to make a choice. Today there is a fork in the road. But instead of looking at the Cheshire cat, you get to look at somebody who knows the answers, who knows the destination and knows where you want to go more than you know where you want to go. Choose this day. Choose this day. Choose this day. The path that will take you toward the destination that you say God is calling you toward. See, if you say my desired destination is here, but your decisions are inconsistent with that, then you're double-minded and you're unstable in all of your ways. That's, a, that's scripture, that's word. So we're gonna ask today that God would clarify the destination. Can you stand with me? God would clarify the destination. Can you all just kind of lift your eyes to him, lift, lift your heart to him for a minute and go, God, I used to know God, I used to know where I wanted to go with you. And God, I don't know now. So 
so God, I'm asking in the name of Jesus, Father, for clarified direction. I'm asking, God, for an awakening of passion that has been dormant, God. I'm praying, Father God, for a renewal of the vision, Father God. Those who have let go of the vision, you knew God called you to something, and now you've decided that he must not have because it's not happened yet. And I would just say in the name of Jesus, grab hold of the vision that he has given you and hold tight and run toward him in the name of Jesus. Uh, I'm not going to ask for prayer warriors to to come forward. What I'm going to ask is if it has been a long time since you have found your place at his feet. Don't you find it interesting that in Islam and Buddhism to find yourself kneeling before him is absolutely expected but we serve a God who deserves a bow and it's all but disappeared from his body. I'm going to ask you to find your place at his feet for just a moment, to take a a position of submission before him, to, to ask him to give you direction about those things that you had forgotten, that that path that he wants to take you on. We're going to go to his feet for just a minute and we're going to tell him that we love him. We're going to ask him to reawaken that passion, that direction you can find here. You can find the aisles. You can sit where you are. I would encourage you to find your knees if you can. They will bend and we want to go there because God wants to do something in this room. And we're just going to sing, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, God. I love you, God. Oh, I love you, God. Jesus.
my father as we bow before you today God father as we move in close to your feet oh father that you would just rest your hand on our head for a moment in confirmation father I ask, Lord, that you would breathe over each and every one, God. I pray, Father, that a love for your words, Father, would be born in this moment. I pray, Father, that when they stand up, Father, from this place, Father, when they come up off of their knees, their first desire would be to run back to your feet, God. I'm asking, Father, for a renewal of the passion. I'm asking, Father God, for a renewal of purpose. I'm asking, Father God, that this place at your feet become their favorite place in you, God. And so, Father, as as we kneel here, we lift our eyes to you, God. And we just are going to sing, I love you, Father. You come, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, Father. There's no one like you, oh God. Holy, 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 you are. If you only knew him, sing a song, Lord, we love you. Lift your song, sing your song right now over him. Begin to pour that out over him, over his feet, all of your gratitude, everything that you brought to this moment. Oh, I thank you, oh God. There is no one so beautiful, no one so lovely, oh God, as you. Oh, I say thank you. Renewed hope, renewed. 
Christian father, fresh in the spirit, ready to run with the horses, God. Bless you, Father. Bless you, Jesus, one more time. Let's just one more time. I love you. Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, clarify your desired destination. And may every choice that you make lead you toward that destination. May He draw you to His feet. May you stay as long as you can. May you take what you learn there and pour it over others. We thank you, God, for the reminder today. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Go out with a song on your lips. I love you. I love you, oh God.